Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with EJ Marin about organizational design in the hybrid workforce. EJ Marin, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Oh, thank you, Jan. Yeah, I'm super excited to have the conversation with you today. We've been preparing for this episode for a while, and you have a lot of expertise along the lines of what where a lot of my interests and passions lie. You do a lot of work with organizational design. And I think organizational design is a foundation to a, a successful and effective organization and the effective management of people within an organization is often overlooked, uh, in my experience, particularly with, with young startups and, and companies that are trying to scale. Um, oftentimes, the workplace design and the organizational design elements um, are kind of an afterthought as opposed to a foundational strategic piece uh, to building the organization and couple that with now we're in the middle of this pandemic and so many workers have gone um, to a virtual kind of flexible work from home arrangement um, and and soon hopefully we'll be coming out of the pandemic. It, it raises the question, what changes to organizational design do we expect to see coming into the future and how might that fit with a virtual workforce or a hybrid workforce? And so those are some of the topics that we'll be discussing together today. As we get started, I just wanted to read EJ's bio for everybody. EJ Marin is Nikisa's head of solutions engineering in human capital management, has over 25 years of experience in ERP technology and HCM management. Prior to joining Nikisa, he worked for SAP America and SAP SuccessFactors with key roles, including engineering architect and uh, Latin America and the Caribbean regional service delivery leader. In these roles, he led various customer experience improvement initiatives and service deliveries. Now at Nikisa, EJ is a subject matter expert on business transformation through organizational design and leads the center of excellence, business development, and the pre-sales team to discuss customers' business challenges and create enterprise solutions. Uh, What a wonderful background, great expertise. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Anything you would like to share by way of background or personal information before we really launch into the conversation? Oh, um, on, on the personal note, um, I'm also very passionate about these HR topics. So that's that's for sure. I mean, I think um, uh, talent and people is the cornerstone of, of the times we live in today. How to unleash the talent of everybody? I think that's a priority for for any company. Uh, on the personal note, for everybody, right? So, yes, um, looking forward to have this conversation. This uh, looks like uh, the place I want to be right now. Excellent. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more. I, HR topics, uh, organizational leadership topics, 
are what get me up every morning. And I, I, I just love having these conversations with, with leaders and professionals and researchers, you know, everyone who works in this space, I think it's, it's wonderful for us to share with each other so that we can improve the, the situation, the lives and the, the um, experiences of workers and leaders within the workplace. Now, as we get started, I would love to just hear, first of all, a little bit more about your company, Nikisa, and then let's, let's open it up broadly and, and talk about organizational design and why that is so important. As I was kind of teasing at the very beginning in the introduction, in my mind, I've already, I've already laid out my bias. In my mind, it's, it's an essential foundational piece that should be uh, in any organization. And unfortunately, a lot of times I see it as an afterthought for many uh, organizational leaders who may not have a lot of background or experience in HR uh, areas or topics. So a little bit about Nikisa and then organizational design and why it's important, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, sure. So Nikisa is a global leader uh, in enterprise business solution for organizational design and accounting and compliance. And um, We've been focusing in the last 20 years on delivering innovative and forward-thinking, robust human resources and financial management solutions. Uh, I'm responsible for the, for the human resources side of the house. And um, we, we try to adapt and uh, to bring, you know, advanced business strategies and uh, things that are coming next, right? Um, so we work with a global network of partners um, and we serve more than eight. 100 uh, enterprise customer, um, over 4 million subscribers in 24 industries. We, we are proud to be ERP agnostic. Uh, so we focus on solving problems, not just providing technology. Uh, we're cloud-based, our solutions are cloud-based. Um, and that allows uh, Nakisa to meet the needs of organization with complex business challenges. So Nakisa is proud to work with some of the world's most renowned brands. So we share that, that's what we do. On the organizational design side, that's where, where I, I have spent my, my time lately. Um, it's, it's about bringing, um, I would say, before COVID, transformation and business change was, was, was a thing, right? Was, was something that people were and, and the business community was talking about. Uh, you can go back and read the uh, uh, Harvard Business Review reports. Of course, McKinsey and the big uh, four are, they're big on, on uh, business transformation and they have their methodologies and their flavors to execute that. So before COVID, it was relevant, um, transformation and, and, and so on. With COVID, what we've seen is that companies suddenly, they had to adapt, right? It, nobody was prepared for the pandemic. A few organizations, even though their business continuity books that talks about uh, pandemics and how to react to them, not many people were uh, prepare for the impact, the, the size and the time, you know, of, of the impact of COVID. So everybody somehow has been affected. So now the organizations are in, in front of a problem that they need to solve. How do you go about solving the problem? If you see a spike on demand, right? You have a, a group of companies that are seeing a spike on demand. Uh, if you have to transform, maybe you, you, your demand is stable, but now you have to take your workforce remote because you cannot continue working uh, on, on site, right? Or if you're seeing a down uh, in, in your uh, demand and you need to, to pivot or you need to uh, reinvent or redesign uh, your offering so you can recover a little bit of that uh, demand, uh, it, those business challenges, those changes in the marketplace, those are the things that are triggering organizational design. So I would say people are doing org design 
some way, somehow, you know, formally or informally, I would say, uh, in these days of COVID, because of the pandemic, you have to adapt. Everybody somehow, some way are adapting. So, so how to bring that uh, dynamic, I would say, um, that maybe before was planned, maybe you had a, a, a one year planning cycle or for, for three, five years, how, you, how do you bring that dynamic of, of organiza organizational design, workforce modeling into a almost continuous basis? Because we, the, the market conditions are changing. So how do you do this continually? This is where we, we, we bring the org design concept. We want to automate that, make change um, of business transformation a routine, I would say. That's what we're trying to accomplish. Um, because it's very easy to do org design and you can follow whatever methodology you like. Um, you know, you can do it in a paper, um, you can do interviews, uh, you can bring your analytics, um, do your Excel, whatever. That, that part I would say is the easy part, quote unquote, well, nothing is easy on, on the business world, but the definitions of the targets and what you wanna accomplish, that, that's, that, that, that part you can do whatever you want. But then to execute that vision to transform into that future this desire organization, that's the challenge. That's where before COVID uh, businesses, they had the challenge to transform. Transformation is also being a, a problem. I mean, change management, how do you change? If, if you want to change uh, performance, if you want to, to increase performance in your organization, you have to change the culture. So it's just not about hitting numbers. It's also about changing mindsets, right? It's about uh, changing the, the, the ways uh, people are, are doing their work, changing the way they're compensated, changing the way they're collaborating, uh, changing the processes within. So that's what all organizational design entails. So all those changes, how to make them a reality, that's where we come in um, from Nakisa uh, Solutions, Annalise specifically, we try to automate all that part. So making that change feasible, faster, secure and, and uh, you, you can see the impact of your changes as you go in a collaborative way, um, in, involving everybody that needs, needs to have a say on this new and on this future organization and making sure that, you know, when you have a new organization, a new org design or, or a new uh, target operating model, however you want to call it, uh, you will have conflicting uh, objectives. Finance will have their, their way to see the things. HR will have their way to see it. The CEO will have their way. The, the line managers will have the, their own way of thinking about those changes. So how do you bring them all together to collaborate and be clear on, on the objective? You know, everybody has to have the, the, the same North Star that everybody should be looking at, but at the same time collaborating and making sure that the change you're doing, again, is going to generate better performance through that cultural transformation. So that's how we've seen that, that dynamic uh, rolling out today. Yeah, thank you for that overview of Nikisa and, and how you approach organizational design. And, and there's a lot that goes into organizational design. You, th you think about organizational structural issues um, and how, for example, how flat the organization might be versus how hierarchical. You think about job design, you think about job analysis, you think about change management issues. Uh, employee experience and culture. So all these different components go into uh, this organizational design process. And, and exactly to your point, which was a very important one, is that the, the days of us having like a 
three or a five-year rolling strategic plan or um, approaching org design in that kind of a, a fashion, I think those days are over. We just have to be far more agile and pivot faster. And that requires an ongoing conversation. So whether it's using you know, software you know, through your company or a similar types of software, uh, other models that exist out there, ultimately, however you end up doing it, you have to make sure that you're having these conversations on a regular basis. And that's never been more highlighted than this year, or I, I guess in 2020, um, with the pandemic and with everyone um, having to make quick, quick adjustments. Uh, many organizations who you know may have dabbled in virtual work um, with some of its employees, you know, they might have had a, a slight head start, but really very few organizations had had an extensive uh, work from home plan or virtual work plan. Um, and, and pretty much everyone had to rethink what they were doing, why they were doing it, challenge their assumptions, and then come up with new solutions that would allow for everyone to work effectively. And when you think about this work from home dynamic or this virtual work dynamic, um, you know, how it ties into uh, col work collaborations, performance management issues, how do leaders um, monitor the work of their employees or provide feedback or mentoring or coaching in an effective way uh, when people are in a virtual environment? How do you effectively run virtual meetings and so forth? Like there's just all of these things, a big laundry list of things that organizations have, have, have had to think about. And I think largely, um, you know, most, most organizations who survived, um, you know, they, they've figured out how to at least make this work in the short term. The question remains, what will things look like as we start to emerge from the pandemic? And, you know, some people are anxious to get back to work, they're, you know, back to the physical um, office space. Uh, what does that mean for org design and work design um, with uh, companies? Uh, and then what does it look like if we have some sort of an in-between in hybrid approach where you have some people working uh, in the office, you have other people working virtually, or employees doing both um, on any given week? Uh, that, that just adds a level of complexity to all of these different HR issues, um, all these different employment ex employee experience issues, performance management issues, et cetera. excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership, Ordinary Everyday Actions That Produce Extraordinary Results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The Alchemy of Truly Remarkable Leadership 
will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. It, it is uh, very interesting days. I think uh, due to COVID, uh, it has accelerated a lot of um, uh, ways of trying new ways, I would say. Um, the Before COVID, the, the sentiment of remote work or working from home was around 60, 70%, depending on who, who you look at, uh, you know, the studies of engagements. Um, now, after a year, we're, we're looking between 80 to 90%. So companies who have engaged on, on remote work or work from home, um, they have been prepared for that uh, or have invested in that, in that uh, model, they see an uptick even in productivity. So they, they, they take advantage of the remote work. So, and the sentiment about it is positive. So from the management perspective, um, perspective sorry, and from the employee perspective, it's positive. Of course, everything comes with its downsides, right? So now you have a workforce. Uh, if, if you are a tech company, maybe you can bring everybody, you know, remote, like Twitter or Facebook, they, they've been saying, and, and that's no issue because everybody will be in the same playing field. Uh, but what happened when you have part of the company that now have demonstrated that can work remote, but you still have part of the company or part of the department that has to go to the office or has to go on site, right? Um, so how do you uh, level the field for both uh, workers, right? Because now you see that the, maybe one will feel that they have more flexibility than the other, et cetera, et cetera. So how do you make sure that both uh, employee engagement are kept up high? That, that's the challenge that uh, we're seeing with, with the enterprise. We also see that um, remote work, again, companies are seeing that increasing productivity in many cases but we're also starting to see the, the, the burnout or the virtual burnout, right? It's, it's not natural to be talking to, to a camera, right? Um, even though you're seeing another person on, on a flat screen, um, the, the, the increase of stress, right? And, uh, and, and um, it, it just doesn't come natural, right? And, and uh, that, that- Yeah, I mean, Zoom, Zoom fatigue is a real thing. And, yeah. and just the, the, the stress and the anxiety around constantly being on camera, having things recorded, trying to, to balance, you know, uh, your, your home obligations exactly. and duties with, you know, doing work stuff when your kids are trying to do school. And like, it's just messy, right? And it, it's not, you don't have such a delineated- kind of separation between home life and work life. Um, yeah. And then when the camera's always on, then that can just cause extra stress. We've been invited by our virtual world. Uh, so it's an invasion. So the virtual or cyber uh, world is in, in our everyday now, everywhere, e even more, right? So it, it was a reality before, now it's just uh, exacerbated. So. And, and the other downside uh, of this is also that you have, you know, as you mentioned, right, the house dynamic, uh, you have single uh, parents, you have um, parents who take care of uh, their elderly, for, for example, in, in their household. Uh, that brings other set of challenges, right? Um, that also the companies, they starting to realize and they're starting to, to, to provide support. So you have to, to, to check 
the, the employee engagement and employee productivity and uh, making sure that this can be sustainable in the long run. And that brings to, to, to your question, the next topic about the office space. So now uh, the office space, even before COVID, it was being a question, all these you know, open space and uh, how productive or uh, collaborative that open space was. So now companies also are starting to think, okay, how people are going to come back to, to, to the office space if they need to come back? How do we increase collaboration, right? How do we take the, the lessons learned from the virtual world and we bring it into the office? Can we do that? Um, so there's a lot of conversations going around, okay, how the, the office space is gonna look like after COVID. Uh, of course, uh, also you're seeing companies that are uh, with the, the real estate, um, basically not using it, right? Should I go back to 50% of my real estate? Should I use it all? Can I reuse it all? Should I get rid of it? So all those conversations are happening as we speak, because again, uh, many paradigms about remote work or working from home, I, I think was completely shattered. We can work, taking care of, of the employee, of, of their health and, 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 and balance, we, we can do it. But okay, how do we go after COVID? How, the, how that reality is gonna look like? I think they were still going through those questions right now. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think ultimately every organization is going to have to figure out for themselves what the appropriate balance is uh, in terms of this new kind of hybrid work design arrangement for their people, right? And how do they maintain some, some level of consistency across employees in terms of the employee experience, engagement, motivation, um, accountability, right? Uh, when you have some people working completely 100% in person at the office, some working completely 100% virtually and others in, in various levels of hybrid uh, in between kind of a, of a setup. And, you know, what I've been hearing too, and some of the research I've been doing um, has demonstrated that, you know, people don't want to even have to, like many people who want the hybrid uh, approach moving forward, they don't even want to be locked in to like, I'm going to stay at home on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm going to go into the office Tuesday, Thursday, or, you know, I'm going to whatever, you know, whatever kind of arrangement that you could like, set in place, and then carry out over a course of weeks and months, you know, many people don't even want that they, they want to be able to decide every week, like, which days am I going to go to the office, which days am I going to be at home? And while it's certainly doable, it does add a level of complexity. And will organizations be willing to add that level of flexibility? Um, you know, so if you have, you know, a face-to-face -face brainstorming session, strategy meeting where you want everyone there in person, you know, I'm going to go into the office that day, otherwise I'm going to be at home. I mean, what, what are the principles, the guiding principles around um, what's going to determine acceptable practice for each organization. I think that's that's the open question and each um, organization is gonna have to figure that out for themselves and leaders will have to figure out what's gonna work for their teams. Uh, so yeah. it'll be super interesting, I think, to see how this plays out in the coming um, months as, as things start to open up a little bit more, more people get vaccinated, things get a little bit more back to, to how they were before uh, in terms of the openness in the economy. Um, you know, and, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, 
EJ, we're, we're approaching the end of our time together today. Um, I'm, I'm just curious as we get to the point of starting to wrap up, uh, are there any major other pros or cons to a hybrid work arrangement um, that, that you haven't discussed already that you think need to be highlighted before we um, close today? No, and I'm going to piggyback on what you just commented uh, about how uh, what are the expectations of people going back? And um, maybe the, the what's gonna be the top priorities about you know fostering collaboration and productivity. So is is you're right. It's not about uh, uh, going to the office uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday anymore. It's about okay, how can I be more productive? Will I be more productive going to the office and having this meeting at the office with my, my coworkers so I can increase collaboration, I can look at their faces, we can you know whiteboard together, whatever, or is it better I stay at home and, and do this, my part of the, the meeting from, from home because I will be more productive, right? I think that's the type of dynamic that is gonna come up. Now, the challenge for the enterprise, uh, for the companies is going to be, okay, what are the type of work that can take advantage of that? Uh, mix uh, experience, right? Uh, that's where org design, work design, job design comes into play, right? Now companies need to think about the work, like how to architect the work, how much of that work can be done on premise or needs to be done on, on, a, on a meeting room in an office space or can be done virtually, how that dynamic and also attend to the human need, right? As, as I mentioned, people are not 100% comfortable working from home. Uh, and, and uh, we are starting to see the, the, the downside of that. Um, but at the same time, they don't want to go to the old way, right? All every day, nine to five in the office, you know, required days and, and, and schedules in the office. That doesn't seem to make, make sense. I mean, and, and that sounds like ages ago, but this was just a year ago that we were, work, we were working like that. So we need to find that. And, and again, the org design, I would say job design, uh, workforce design, whatever you want to call it, needs to be architect in a way that takes advantage of this new reality that we already tested that works and that it's it's it, it, it increases productivity and collaboration. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, EJ, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today. Uh, I appreciate all of your insights and learning more about your company and what you're doing to try to help with this adjustment period and really reinforcing the importance of organizational design and continuous conversations around org design uh, in, to, to drive successful organizations. Uh, as we uh, get close to finishing today, I just wanted to give you the last word and give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, uh, find out more about what you're up to. So thank you, Jen. I appreciate uh, all, all this time together. This, is, this was great. And yeah, you can uh, reach out to nakisa.com and, or directly to my email. If you have a question, ej.marin at nakisa.com. Uh, we're gonna be rolling out a set of uh, specific or design and workforce modeling um, webinars. So stay tuned. If you, if you come back to nakisa.com, you can uh, subscribe to our newsletter. You will get all these news and uh, see where we are and what are our customers are doing and so on. So stay tuned on, on nakisa.com and yeah. Thank you for the time.
Excellent. Well, thank you so much. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected with EJ and his company, find out more about what they might be able to do for you. And as always, I hope everyone stays healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you have a great week. We are excited about the launch of HCI's new magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.